O Lord, may your word only be spoken, and may your word only be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. This morning isn't really a sermon, it's, it's more of a meditation. So take it in that, in that spirit. And I want us to start by spending a few minutes in kind of imaginative contemplation. Whether you need to close your eyes or if just staring off into space works for you. So let's start by visualizing one of the hundreds and hundreds of baptisms that have taken place in this space. Maybe one of your children or grandchildren or the child simply of another parishioner. And hear the squeals and squawks of the babies. And think even of the older children and teens and adults who have presented themselves at the font. Or take yourself back to one of the hundreds and hundreds of confirmations or receptions that have happened here. Perhaps you were a proud parent or a sponsor or a family member or maybe even one of the confirmands. Consider the weddings that have taken place in front of this altar. How many I do's have been said here? Imagine the hundreds and hundreds of funerals that have taken place here, celebrating the life and witness of the beloved one who always sat on this side in that row or in that pew beside her dear friend or over there by his beloved spouse. Think of the pageants and the plays and the operettas, the lock-ins that have graced this space. Or imagine the hundreds of choristers of all ages singing canticles at morning prayer or at even song or the anthem at the offertory at the Eucharist. Think of the thousands and thousands of voices that have been raised in song, hymn after hymn, Sunday after Sunday. Contemplate the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pieces of bread that have been placed in outstretched hands around this altar. Feel in your own bones the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and untold thousands of knee hours that have been spent on these kneelers, on these kneelers as the stewards of those knees, the possessors of those knees, 
have offered up prayers of praise and anguish and supplication and thanksgiving. T.S. Eliot wrote of the pilgrim coming to the pilgrimage church at Little Gidding in England near Cambridge. He wrote of the pilgrim that is on her way to that church. He writes, You are not here to verify, to instruct yourself, or to inform curiosity, or to carry reports. You are here to kneel where prayer has been valid. And prayer has been validated here. Is being validated here. Hallowed here. By the countless prayers that have been offered here for decades, indeed over a century, on this little plot of land in Concord by saint after saint after saint after saint after saint. We're reminded in the letter to the Ephesians today that the original meaning of saint was not of some larger-than-life, holier-than-humanly-possible, super-duper Christian but rather, each and every baptized Christian marked not by perfection, but by the struggle to imitate Christ. The prayers of those saints that are here now and have been here in ages past and will be in ages to come, those prayers hallow this place. When the pilgrims were in Ireland this past summer, we spent much of our time visiting particular places that were closely associated with particular saints. We were in Glendalough, where St. Kevin had his ministry, and we were in Kildare, where St. Bridget had her ministry, and we were in Maumeen, one of the many places where Patrick exercised his ministry. We were on Inish Moor, where St. Enda and St. Kieran and countless others had their ministries. And remarkably, for me at least, the spiritual life of the Irish Christians we met who took us on tours of these places, they counted very matter-of-factly these saints as members of their extended family. It was no big deal. This is where St. Enda had his church. It's like, this is where my Aunt Hilda worshipped. Or my Uncle Patrick, you know, he worshipped over here. And we come here on his death day to remember him. And we feel him. And we feel God. Right here. The communion of saints, we might call it. For sure there were miraculous feats attributed to these folks, but there was always the sense of these in these Irish places where we were that they were folks just like me and you, maybe more so, but just like you and me, 
struggling to live that life that we see in the gospel. Now, I don't have to tell you that Episcopalians know deep in their bones the power of place. Just look around and see how many of us choose to sit in precisely the same place, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. It's like our little holy place. Now, we know on some level that the Spirit of God really is wherever we go, not just in our spot in our pew and we know that on some level that all of us are saints in the same sense that St. Paul describes them yet we also know that we need the power and witness of particular places and the power and witness of particular saints to focus and refocus us on the reality and power of Christ in the world and in every, every human being. And so we come to church on All Saints Sunday ready to remember particular people who have touched us, shaped us, transformed us, maybe Christians, maybe not. Extraordinary people, extraordinary not in their perfection, but in the depth and integrity and passion of their struggle to live the life that Christ calls all of us to live. And we do that remembering in a place full of the sweet fragrance of the prayers and memories of the saints. In a moment we'll hear some of their names spoken and other names will be lifted up silently and as we pray together the prayers of the Eucharist will join our voices with the faithful of every age in every place but especially of this place and especially our saints. And we'll give thanks to God for their power in our lives. Amen.